Welcome to Make It Happen. My name is Tom Dalton. Each episode will have an inspiring guest tell their story of overcoming obstacles, never settling, and making it happen. Don't forget to share, subscribe, and review. So grab a coffee. Hope you enjoy the pod. Let's go. Okay, so brilliant. So we are live. Welcome to Making It Happen. Uh, my name is Tom Dalton. I'll be your host today. I'm delighted to say we're on episode number 33. Um, my next guest is Ian Young, and he has a unique story to tell. This is a guy who won multiple Irish League titles. I hope I do this justice now, because if I get it wrong, he's going he's gonna to cross me. Uh, league titles with the Crusaders and Linfield before quitting football at just the age of 26. The Saintfield man then turned his hand and feet to kickboxing and became champion of the world. He remains a genuine soul, striving to bring the best out of those around him and in his business as a fitness instructor with a growing client list that includes highly rated MMA fighter Liam McCourt and British superbike stars Glenn and Andrew Irwin. Did I do that justice, Ian? That sounds so good. Uh, how are you, buddy? Thanks for coming on. Sounds well above. No, it was perfect. It was good. Brilliant. Um, so, Ian, just to give any of the listeners a bit of a background, will you just talk about maybe growing up and just life before football? Yeah, I suppose when I grew up, I, I live in St. Fields, so I'm, I'm a country boy at heart. So uh, I, I live in a small village and I've always retained my roots here. Um, you know, sport for me as a kid was growing back up then, we didn't have PlayStations. We didn't have, we were outside a lot, we didn't have... have uh, so you can probably guess my age about now. So there's no PlayStation about or Nintendo Wii's or things like that. So we we basically had to amuse ourselves outside, and that that generally was kicking a football or playing hunt and things like that through the phases. And, um, and it was a great a great growing up um, experience, and it's probably one that that I wanted my son to retain that as well from living out here and in the company. You know we. We look out over the fields, and um, it's a nice aspect to have. And I did live, I did live for a while in the city, in Belfast. Um, I moved out of home when I was about nineteen. I bought an apartment uh, in the city centre, and it was great at that age to sort of move out from them. But I, I always knew, I always knew my my heart that I was always going to come back out, and and uh, and I've been back home. I always say back home in Seinfeld, and um, now for. For probably thirteen years, yeah. um, which is great. But that time that I did have playing football, obviously it was good. And I said it was it was handy for the nights out and, and uh, everything that, that goes with that. So yeah, it was good. But I said childhood was probably a lot of sport outdoors. I think that's I was always gonna fall into into this path somewhere. I think along the along the line. I don't think I was very academically. Um, astute, um, and uh, English and maths and doing homework and doing school work, school work just wasn't it, just wasn't my thing. And uh, so, um, I did okay at school, I didn't, I wasn't top of the class, wasn't bottom of the class, wasn't middle of the class, but in around there, so it was uh, it was okay. And Ian, at that time, were you scouted or was like football professional, semi-professional? Talk to us a little bit about that. I played, I played for, I've always, my only amateur team has been Seinfeld. My only, it's the only amateur team I've played for and I still play for. 
at the tender age of 44 um, to 30, it was great to, to still be involved with the club. I was there from, from basically when I was nine years of age. Um, so being, I've been a CFE for 35 years at the football club. And um, from then, there's a couple of players that had gone, Chris Morgan had gone to Crusaders the year before me. And um, so there, not that, that that there was a massive leg there, there was a, a guy who was the manager of the reserve team called Fraser Evans. And um, he lived in, in, in Board Mills Temple, which isn't too far away from here. And he always would have gone to the same field matches because it was like his, lo his local team as well. So he had seen me play and um, I was playing in the first team of St. Field when I was 16 and, and we won the Amateur League uh, at the age of 16, I always played centre half and then the, I, moved, I moved to Crusaders um, when I was 16 and uh, I spent a good few years there. So he would, he would have seen me, he would put me across and I started the reserve team, had a couple of fantastic seasons there and it was then you know that, that was a big a big step then because now now there's kids like I train I train kids that come to me that are 10 years of age 11 years of age who are already affiliated with the club back then they didn't have that in an Irish league club it was it was literally you had the reserve to you the first team the reserve team that was it you didn't have under 14s under 16s now this is this whole development the whole like from grassroots the whole way up, which is fantastic, and I think that's why that there's been the emergence of so many young young players here with great talent. Um, but back back when I was playing at, at, at 15, 16, they simply didn't have that. You, you either were scared to go across the water, or you made it here, and and that was it. So I went to see you. Um, if it's a small, they played the exactly the same kit as. A same field actually, um, red and black, and uh, had the same sponsor. But they, uh, it was a real family club, a real homely club, and and I loved that. And I had uh, probably four or five magical years there, really good years. Uh, was fortunate enough to be involved with a squad that that had won two Irish leagues at that at that stage. And back then, you Crusaders then were were also were also called the Hatchet Men. Um, you'd have obviously Limfield and Glen Torn. Maybe the, in the uh, League of Ireland, Bohemians would be a big team like that, same as Limfield and um, Glen Torn. So the Crusaders were always the underdogs and they always played on this. And uh, they didn't always have the best facilities, but they just had this real, real homely feel about the club. And that was fantastic. Um, so I loved it, and the only reason I really I'd, I'd left to the Linfield, and I was very flattered that Linfield came through because arguably Linfield is the biggest team in Ireland. Um, they picked the national st stadium, and and everybody really does want to play for Linfield. Arguably, I would say, um, and Roy Walker, the manager of Crusaders, had had left, and um, it was taken over by. Martin Murray um, and I think Aaron Callan at the time and they had um, brought a few of their own players in and had, they had their own ideas and f for me it looked like I was going to be sort of a bit part in and out sort of a player and obviously at that age being sort of 20 years of age 
you do feel you're better than the other players around you. And that wasn't an arrogance type um, thing. It was just purely you think you're better. And I, I think as well, that's probably the hunger and, and the, the, the desire of wanting to actually succeed. Um, so it looked like I wasn't going to be a, an integral part in the team. And then Phil had sort of spied this from, from afar and then approached me. And um, I my last game for Crusaders, actually I ended up playing a few games in the first team then. I looked like I was going to make it, but by that stage it already more or less signed for Linfield. And my last game was at Glenavon and I got sent off, centre half. And my next the next game for, was Crusaders with Linfield, so I missed that automatically. So you can look into that however you want. <laughs> so I missed that match. And then I played, I played uh, against Glenavon again on the on the following game for Linfield. So my last match of the cruise was against Glenavon of Morby Park. My first game for Linfield a week and a half later was against Glenavon again at Windsor Park, um, and that's how really that transpired into into many good years at at, uh, at Windsor as well. And Ian, so football obviously stood you well. You were able to you mentioned buy your first place and. Was it your main focus or were you t- always thinking maybe about life after football or was it your long-term goal? It wasn't really because, you know, football had been very good to me and, and back then there was good wages in football back then and um, and it was a part-time, you know, you trained, but we, it was still full-time in terms of what we did, but it was, compared to what it is now, it was, it was basically like a part-time job because we were in Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, match and Saturday. So, but but now it's all changed with their majority of the week. Um, and at that probably that stage I always thought the uh, football was the big the big uh, the big thing for me and it was always going to be the big thing for me. And you know my first year at, at Liverpool was fantastic. It was really good. Really good year. And um I'm probably looking back if I'm on, I'm honest with my myself. There's a lot of talk and a lot of chat, so of a lot of people bigging you up and, and saying this and and arguably I you know I, I possibly could have let that get to my head a little bit, you know, and, and, and the older me can look back at, at that and recognise that. And if I'm if I'm one hundred percent honest with myself, then definitely um a little bit of that. Not that I was arrogant in any way, because I'm not. I just think, I, I think possibly a little bit of, of me thought I've arrived here. You know, I've arrived. I don't need to do too much more. I've made, I've made this, and that's the worst thought process you can ever have in life. To think, to think that you've arrived because you haven't arrived. The ego sometimes can get in the way. Pardon? The ego can sometimes get in the way. Yeah, the ego, and, and I'm not. And you, you know, we've talked before, we've met before, and and, and that that's that's certainly not who I am now. And I think probably because that's taught me a massive lesson in life. That's taught me a huge lesson. And you know, I'm maybe wise enough and, and old enough and ugly enough to admit that um, to myself. And probably ha- I did admit that for for a long time. You know, I didn't. I certainly, you know. Not that it's a hard thing to admit that you were maybe had a bit of an ego about yourself. Um but I did many years ago and sort of I ended up falling 
out with football and I used to say I hated football and that's why I fell out with it. And realistically, looking back, I think it was the battle with myself that I was disappointed in myself for having that mindset back then. And, and that that's the reason why I fell out with football. It wasn't because I didn't hate football, it was myself. I probably hated myself more for for let for letting that all go, and um, so I had a I had a big battle with myself for a long time, and um, and I resented the fact that I let that that I let that happen, um, but I've made peace with myself a long time ago, and uh, it's it's taught me a really good lesson in life, really good lesson in life, but a good years of football. Um, a lot of trophies and some great friends and still have great friends. I still play for the Linfield Legends team um, on Sundays for charity um, when we can. Um, obviously not now. So it was good, but at that stage, uh, I, I, just, I just fell off that. And, and looking back, the reason, that's the reason I retired. Um, and it was, it was down to me. So, Ian, at the age of 26 then, you just said enough is enough, yeah? Yeah, I did. I just, yeah, I just said enough is enough. I didn't, I didn't, I was waking up and I just didn't, I didn't want to be at the a training. I didn't want to go to play a match and that's, and you know, and, and that's, you, that's you young, you know, and, um, and I, like I, I finished, I stopped playing, let me just get that stop. It was in my mind, gone. And um, I just, I didn't go near a match. I didn't even watch football on TV. I, like I used to sleep, eat, breathe football and uh, from a kid. And I just literally just didn't, I didn't, I didn't go and watch a, ma a match. I didn't, uh, didn't watch on TV. I just, it did not interest me at all. And, um, and it wasn't, as I said, it wasn't until I made peace with myself that I, that I started to go back to my local club and, and start to enjoy football again. And, you know, everybody says to me, do you wish you had a played on? And maybe that wasn't meant to happen. You Maybe what, maybe my thoughts back then or, or what was meant to happen to me to teach me a lesson for life. And that, that's, why, that's why I, I look at that. Um, and and uh, but I I enjoy it now and uh, you know playing with kids in the same team or 17, 18, 16, some good kids. I'm I'm forty four. I'm like their their grandfather. And uh, but it's good fun. It's good crap. And and so Ian, I can imagine at the time telling people and your club members and your teammates your finishing must have been. They must have been going, what's going on? Big questions asked if it wasn't a major injury. No, I, maybe a lot of people just, maybe they saw it themselves, you know, and I I distanced myself, even at training, I'd come, I was withdrawn and just, you know, you, I think people could tell I just didn't want to be there. And I don't think it was any, any great surprise uh, to anybody. And I just literally slipped off one Saturday after the game, slipped off and I knew I wouldn't be back. Didn't 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 say anything out publicly or and then I just 
made a phone call uh, and then Will Dane just said, that's, that's me finished, I'll, I'll be back. And then in what was, I suppose, what was next? Were you at a crossroads going, what am I going to do career-wise? Or well, crossroads then, you know, because I literally, that Saturday, and I walked into, I walked into the gym, Billy Murray's gym, the very following Saturday. So within seven days, I was in, I, I knew I had to do something because, you know, I knew it'd be, I would be tortured my, myself if I didn't do something. And, and I'd always been into boxing, I'd always been, been into martial arts, I'd done a bit of karate, but kickboxing and Thai boxing, uh, things like that. So I'd initially gone in there purely to keep fit and to keep my focus on something, to keep me disciplined. So I, so I was accountable. I had to show up, I knew I, I had to show up. Um, and uh, so I literally, football on one Saturday, seven days later, I was, I was in the gym. And I think within three months, I had my first fight uh, in Aberdeen. And uh, then that spanned for another eight years, nine years, 10 years. It was actually probably longer than a football career. <laughs> um, so, and that, that, again, in itself, that was, that was a big journey. We, you know, I fought, I ended up, I fought all over Europe, traveled the world, and met great people, and it was just, it was, it was just two really contrasting things because with the football, you're part of the team. And when you fight in the ring, you're by yourself. So I, I think for me, if I look back, maybe I, there, there's probably somewhere in my head, subconsciously in, in the football aspect, I knew it was my fault back then. I knew, I, I knew it was down to me that I messed it up that I messed up and maybe by moving to that and put myself in a sport that was completely individual, where I, I have to train that. If I don't train myself as part of the team, you've got a team around you, so they can help you. In the ring you can't, there's nobody in the ring to help you. So, so you, I, I had to, from my, my mindset, I knew if I want to su succeed at this, this is purely down to me. It's not down to my teammates, it's not down to anybody else. If I want this to happen, if I, if I want to, make this then everything is on me everything is on me and uh maybe that was some sort of retribution to to me i don't know but that's that's how it happened so i ended up i trained that was we trained every day apart well sometimes always sundays as well but we literally trained six days a week and uh and and it was it was pretty full on and in if we just if we go into your I suppose career in kickboxing and martial arts, talk to us a little bit about mindset, like being in a championship fight or a world title fight and being on the own in your ring. How important I suppose is the head and the body? Yes, your your, your head's everything. Your body will do. You will you know this as well. You will condition your body, and your body will take over. It will do things instinctively and 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 react. It's your mindset. Your mind is everything. Your 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 body will will tell you to to give up. Ever said it's done. It's done. It's done. It's your, it's your mind. If you keep your mind strong, like like that forty percent, like I massively believe, you're only ever working at forty percent. You always have sixty percent more to give, and that's a mindset type thing. That's that's your body saying, "Oh, I'm done. I'm finished." 
you're not finished and you always have more to give on this and that's why having this this bulletproof mindset is which I, I try to instill in everybody that I train to push them to maybe the really dark place in their mind but they always come through that and every time that they come through that they get stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger and we do sessions especially like for Thursday things like that where we continually break people down strip them down strip them right back and then all you can do from that is build them up session by session by session week by week month by month and 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 all of a sudden you just become this absolute animal in terms of your mindset where it is just like a tunnel vision there's nothing there your blinkers on and and you're just you're you're so focused and so in control and um and, and certainly back i think a lot of that was from i remember training in, in the gym and being completely broken down at that stage and after hard spars being in tears crying like in tears like a grown man i was maybe 27 28 29 30 and that you just thinking to myself in jail why am i here why am i doing this to myself and tears crying like obviously emotions just maybe are very heightened at that stage as well but and and uh, but those are the things that, that that strip you back and you'll always come through that and you'll always make you'll always be stronger you'll always be more more focused more enabled more determined after that so we, we can hear the coach come out in you there 100 did that come while you were doing kickboxing or were you doing bits on the side or were you like I want to get into this after kickboxing. I always did wee bits and pieces. Even when I was fighting, I was coaching a few boys for fitness and for for um, even for self defence, conditioning and things like that. Um, and I coached a lot of footballers. And um, I, I was fortunate as well. I had some fantastic managers and people in my life. My dad, um, a great leader, great man. And um, very fair, very stern, but very fair. Um, and then Roy Walker, manager of Crusaders, David Jeffries, Billy Murray, my coach. These were these were great leaders, all completely different in their con- contrasting and how they how they coached and the, their people skills and people like that. But but what I've taken from from them has been it's invaluable. And you know, through the years now, you become more experienced. You put your own slant on things, and and you read and you learn. Um, but for me, certainly, I've taken a lot, a lot of how I am now, and how I, how I, I push people, and try to coach people from, from those men that were in my life, as coaches and mentors, um, and uh, and that's how I developed as a an older middle aged man. So for any listeners Ian, I suppose, would you be a fan of having a coach or how important the coach is? Massively. Hugely. I still I still do now. You know, I um one of my mentors um I speak to every week. I well two speak to still speak to that. You know a coach still needs a coach. And I think that's that's vitally important. I think everybody in life in terms of their health, their fitness, their well-being, whatever business you're in, you can learn so much. And uh, and even just the fact of just to talk things through, 
with somebody else. It's, it's nice to have someone actually listen and put a different slant on things for you. And, and uh, so I'm a, a massive advocate of, of having a coach, huge. And that's why I still have two. Yeah, brilliant. And Ian, so then if, if we do another fast forward on your uh, career, I'm sure we could, we could spend the whole podcast talking about football and kickboxing. But if we fast forward and the kickboxing, you're like, wow, there's a business here. Like yeah, yeah my, my last my last fight was at Benfica Stadium um in Lisbon in Portugal. So I would have fought K1, so we fought the European K1, so the guys from Russia, guys from uh France, Germany, uh Portugal, so they all around Benfica. So Benfica Stadium, Stadium of Lights, huge, massive, big stadium. They have got an eight thousand seater stadium under the pitch. So this big, it's, it's unbelievable. So that was my last fight. So I, I, I fought the uh, Portuguese guy and um, well, at these weigh-ins, always seen, and the first thing you look at if you fight with legs and stuff, is you always look at the calf muscles. And, for calf, and he, he, he stripped off his balls and he, these calf muscles were like bowling balls. They were huge. And I was just like, oh man, this is going to hurt. And uh, all, all this weight. But I, took, I thought he was going to, first round, he went in for a kick. I thought he was going to kick me here and he kneed he me in the side of the head. And I can't remember. I, we fought three rounds because it was a eight-man tournament. So the winner fought again that night. So there were three round, three round, five round fights. And we fought the whole three round. I can't remember half the first round or the second round or the third round. Can't remember a single thing. So I kind of come full circle with football. My last uh, last fight was in, in Benfica Stadium. And I actually played against Benfica for Linfield at Windsor, Windsor Park. Mark Van Hoyden, the work he was playing as well. Um, so it was kind of surreal, that, that whole thing. But at that stage, it's finished that. And I, probably four or five or six people I was helping to coach and thought, yeah, I can definitely make a living from this and do this. And um, the first session that I had, the first proper session that we had was down there. It's a place just outside Belfast, or yeah, outside Belfast called Shaw's Bridge. And we had three, I think three people in the field uh, with their, the resistance band and we drove in there and we just did, it was very basic back then. And then we did, exercise, do your arm crunches, your sides, your fronts, your presses, your lunges, your squats, jogged and exponent, it's beautiful down there, there's rivers and gorgeous forest. The next week there was like five people, the next week after that 10 people turned up, then there was 15 and this word just started getting out, then it was 20 people, 25 people, then this thing just mushroomed and ballooned into 40 people, 50 people t- t- turning up for sessions. So then we, at that stage that happened in, in the summer, and it was getting to October time, so it was getting dark. We, we needed premises, and at that stage, we, we were going, where can we put people? Like, where can we put 50, 60 people? Um, started looking at, at uh, property in around Belfast. Renting rates was just, it was madness, absolutely astronomical. Uh, you know, for that size of a building. Um, so then we looked at the schools. We got a couple of good schools. Um, St. Dominic's on the Falls Road and uh, ended up running four sessions a week in there um, and there was literally 70, 80 people in each session every single night and so you were, you were hitting, hitting 350, 400 people 
a week through your 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 doors and boxing on a Saturday, which two sessions on, and you and the nose you sort of thirty in each one of those so sixty so you just a lot of people coming through through the doors, and then from there into Rathmore uh, at the top of Lisburn Road and into Ashfield, so they were great venues because there were these big halls and the schools weren't weren't hard to pay. But these massive halls was warm and you could store all, all your equipment and that literally we've done that that's been there for 12 years until 12 13 years until back through this year so it was it was great um and uh and uh obviously you now it's just on hold until uh until you see what happens with the next the next yeah, part of this. Exactly. And Ian, I know that was around the time I found you. I and I, I'd love to get into that growth. Was that natural, or was it like word of mouth, or was it you doing marketing? Completely word of word of mouth, and I still haven't marketed anything with my business. I'm about to, which we can talk on at the end. It's probably um that was word of mouth, and even back even back at the very start, like, there was no Instagram, there was no TikTok. Um, you had Facebook. That was generally it. That's all you had um, was Facebook. And even then, it wasn't a big thing. It wasn't a big tool here. Maybe in America, it was used for business over here. It was, um, I think, when we started doing that, that's whenever they, they brought it, the Facebook pages that you could have for a business. And that was, that was a big new thing back then. Um, but apart from that, it was just Facebook. But the majority of it was just word of mouth. People going in and... and, and and doing that and we like and we just had a, a facebook page and you know i'm i'm not mass probably my generation although i i have changed it wouldn't be massively techy minded in terms of all your your hacks you can do with your your boosted posts and your sponsoring and things like that so i just, i was just never really into that um and i think it was just the we delivered consistently challenging um sessions but they were always of good quality and and, and there was never a dip in the quality uh, and i think that's why people appreciated that and they came back and they told people about that and, and it really was it was old school marketing you know we have some classes there's been i remember roughly 116 people in the class uh, you know big like huge huge sessions and that stayed you were always in went end up having to put Mondays and Thursdays had to put two classes on back to back because it was getting to the stage where there was 80, 80, 90 people in one class all the time. So and that by doing that, then you still have 50, 60 and then another 40, 50 in the next class. So, which was a great thing to do. Um, but it was, it was just old school marketing, word of mouth. And that, that, that was it. And Ian, just on that, in case there's anyone that's listening that's a coach, and how how important is I suppose leaving people with a smile on their face, but they've got the work done, but like enjoying it massively. It's it is the like you know for you know that feel good factor of leaving a session, having a bit of crack, having a bit of fun, and knowing that you've worked out. There's nothing else like that, and that's why people will encourage other people to come. They'll go, they'll talk about that. And go, fuck, what is it? I'm in the session. It was brilliant. It was unbelievable. It was great crack, and the, and they'll do that. But you, I, I know for a fact that people leave and they don't have a good session. They're simply not going to come back. You literally have, you've got, you've got this chance to capture that, 
And I, I go in with that mindset, but even now on these Zooms, like I want to, and that's completely different to having that interaction with people face to face, but I've always gone in with that mindset that I want everybody to walk out of that session knowing that they've been pushed and they've been challenged and they've had a good session. That they can't, they can't walk out and go, that wasn't, that was a bit, but rubbish tonight didn't really push us because if that happens and they do come back the next time and it's exactly the same, there's they're simply not going to come back. And I have guys now that, that have trained with me for 15 years, 15 years they've been here, and um, which you know is good for me because it, it shows that I'm doing something right. Um, and my turnover of clients would be. Would be very low and, and that's not that's not me being 19 ego arrogant that's that's me saying i'm doing something right i'm passionate about what i do and I'm, my passion is to make sure everybody gets the same quality of session every single session and it has to be that way because if it's not that's when you start to lose people and Ian, just on that, we can hear I can I can hear your passion and I'm delighted. Like I've been to your one year session, so I know what it's like and it's it was awesome and something I'll never forget. But is there anything I suppose on the business side of things that you wouldn't be that you you're you don't like? I still think, and I it's come more to the fore that and you, you're the same as me because you've been there for a long time and you've built it up yourself and you've done this. Where, and I'm not saying this about everybody, probably the past five, six years, seven years where the new PTs and coaches have come in and they've got it, I'm not saying they've got it way too, they still, they still have to work and I don't mean to, mean to sound that way. But certainly, even for even for for us, for the past five six years, we've got it easy. Everybody's been on this big fitness wagon. They're doing this, and all of a sudden, this has changed now. And there's a lot of negativity from coaches and PTs about how 2020 or how this pandemic has has wrecked their lives or wrecked their businesses, and and they're so negative towards that. I put a post up last last week about about this that this is the time when your clients need you the most. They need you to stand up and to be positive. They don't need. They don't want. They don't want to go onto your Facebook page. They don't want to go onto my Facebook page and see me being negative about life, negative about the world, how much it's impacted on me. This is impacted on every single person in the world. Yet some people have managed to switch their mindset and they've grown with this, they've seen an opportunity to, to, to develop their skills elsewhere and to do this. Like I'm, I'm, I've, same as you, everything's been online. I can still coach in here until Thursday and then we get locked down again for two weeks. So I still, but my, my groups in here have changed dramatically. It's only two, maximum three people now to keep it safe. Um, but everything's been online on Zooms and and I knew at that stage because, and I, I was I was pushed into this as well, um, because we had all of a sudden these 60, 70 people four nights a week uh, in a hall, and that was like a carpet taken from or a rug from under me, and that that, that had gone. 
And I'd, I'd think, I'd, I'd go, what am I going to do now? And I was like, I, and I'd always been, not that I was an online coach, I'd done a wee bit of online coaching, but I could never give it my full um, 100% focus because the classes and the coaching took up so much. So I developed in that and I thought, right, I'm going to write programs out here um, because people are going to be struggling in lockdown. Everything had closed down and developed these wee programs and literally within, they were £20 each and it was a monthly program and within four weeks then I built up over 300 people and it was the same thing but it just ballooned like that and we changed it or I changed it in July to include the Zoom sessions and you know I was missing because I felt people were missing that interaction as well and I was too if I'm, if I'm honest um, and I really really wanted to have that back as well because like, people were contacting me and saying they were struggling and hand and heart I was as well and I'd said that privately to my clients that, that I get days as well that you know, for, for a large part of my life I was spending four or five nights a week with all these people and then that had just all gone and and uh, um, so I, I wanted to get that back so we started the Zoom sessions in uh, July and they've been massively successful and it's brought that for me and the guys in that it's brought that sense of community and we know that it's not ideal well it's not ideal for everybody for some people it is some people have massively embraced this hugely embraced this um, but for other people they know it's not ideal, but it's helping and it's going to help until such times as they can get back to the gym or and they might never go back to exactly revert to what they were doing before, but they might do a little bit of both because, you know, all of a sudden the people that really get this have seen how much time they can save um, by doing a Zoom session. And if it's good quality, those sessions are good quality, the same as what you deliver in a face-to-face -face one, which is what I want to do. And that's my mindset for every single session. I, I have to think, we have to deliver a session here that's going to, it's going to be fun, it's going to challenge, but it's going to give a really solid workout. And, and hopefully the guys have a laugh as well in that or um, enduring that. And if you, do, if you don't deliver that, you know people are going to switch off. And uh, But people have saved all this time. As I said, they get up in the morning, they start to work out at quarter past, 20 past six, it's done, dusted by 10 to seven. They can go in, they can get a shower, they can sit down with their kids, they can have breakfast with, with their kids without rushing them out the door, getting them ready. Same at night time, they can come home instead of fighting through the traffic. I, I remember some people leaving work at quarter to five, not arriving to IFIT like, until 10 past six. So they're in the car for nearly, nearly an hour and a half, trying to get through through traffic. All of a sudden, they, they can travel home, they can sit down, put the session on, have their tea with their kids and their, their husbands and, and they've saved time and time like time's precious time's priceless you can't buy time so all of a sudden in life people have all this time back they've all this time back and it's, it's time for themselves time for their families and and before we didn't have that there's just so much stress out there of going to work coming home from work going to class going to the gym and I, I, arguably I've had the biggest amount of 
wins and successes from the team in the past seven months. There's girls have lost four stone, five stone. One of the girls lost seven stone. Where so there's been all, all these massive successes now. I'm not saying everybody gets that because they don't, and some people are crying out for the for the gym and things. And I, I get that, and I hope it comes back, and I hope I can go back into Rathmore. I hope I can go back into Ashfield and get that back again. But what I found in the sessions online, I get a, a massive amount from, and they will stay because I love them. They're they're fantastic and it's been a big change for me as well brilliant and in i suppose just what's next for you what's the plan going forward well next so the, this will be the this is the, the only bit of marketing that i've done um so we're about we're we're doing a and a, this is why you need a coach as well because a coach will tell you to do these things to take you to the next level um so my website should be launched in three weeks um and the website will have a membership area so it's a members area, and um, so we're going to try to develop that, and we're going to try and market this and put this out to, to everybody around the world, um, purely for these online sessions, live sessions with the program. But we've got we've got there's my myself that heads it up. I've got Jordan, James, I've got Kathy, and I've got Kevin. So we've got meditation, mindfulness. We've got we've got strength, head, we've got movement, breathing, Pilates, ab and core work. So we've developed this, it's basically like your, your home home gym that you can have online classes and a library so you can, you can get your, if you can never make a session live, there is a library that you can tap into and now there's this on-demand library of all these sessions. So we're trying to develop just a, a little hub where people can go to and look at vlogs and blogs, the nutrition aspect of it with Cafe, where we've got menus and recipes all ready to go. There's just a bit of filming in that to do, um, which can be quite labour intensive. I didn't actually realise just how much goes into that. So we're doing that. So there'll be a big, massive bank of menus, recipes, workouts, plus all the live sessions. And and, and we're going to really push that because um, we thought if, if we were able to build that amount locally, then why can't we push bigger for all around the world and, and market that and see where it goes to and, and then hopefully in the new year or next summer we can get back into the, the halls as well and, and sort of have that, that face-to-face and interaction as well but certainly for me and probably yourself you've seen how productive the online can be and how you can help help more people and, and ultimately that that's why we're in this is to actually help people um, and show them that there's a better way. Um, so it, for me, it's been it, it it's been great and um, that I've been able to help so so much more people around the world uh, and hopefully that will will continue. Brilliant, man! It sounds exciting. Uh, exciting times ahead. I wish you all the best of luck. In just a, a question, I probably ask most of our guests is: You've mentioned a couple of people that have influenced your life and coaches and your father. What yeah. would be one of the best pieces of advice you've advice you've ever gotten? Best piece of advice I've ever gotten would be probably to fail is not a sin. To fail 
isn't a sin. The real sin is being too afraid to fail. You've got to digest that. That's probably so. To fail is not a sin. Failure isn't a sin. Being too afraid to fail is the real sin. So you've got to put yourself out, out there. You've got to put yourself out there. I like that. Right, uh, Ian, last few questions just to finish off. Um, a new question I'm going to ask most of my guests is, if you could have dinner with any five people, dead or alive, who would they be? Uh, my mum. She was alive. I'd have my mum. Um, probably my, do you know what? My, my, all my family, you know, I'm, I, I'm a big family person. My grand as well, and my grandmother, or even people like, like uh, Oliver Reed. Or, or Simon Calls, people like sort of Alan Sugar, people like that, probably eight people, the whole party, but people like that that are, that are really inspiring as well. But certainly my mum would be there. Um, you know, she, she passed four years ago and uh, she was a massive, a massive part of my life and, and she was taken too soon with illness. Um, so I might not even have five, I might just have her. Brilliant, brilliant. I love it. And Ian, is there any um, books that have stuck with you over the years or book recommendations you'd like to give to any listeners that have helped you? Um, I've only, and this, this is bad, I've only started really, and it's only books I've started this meditation and mindfulness with Kevin. That we're, I've only really started to get books now and, and probably from doing this all, the online stuff, that I'm getting the time to actually do this. And I've got a, I'm making a, a list for Christmas to get a, um, a few from my stocking um, to work through. But and I haven't, I'm, I would be terrible at that. And I have been terrible at that. And that's probably one of the things that I need to address. And I've been told to address because you need to read more. So it's only now that this has happened and we can settle this down once this, this website is finished, hopefully in three weeks, because it's been been going off for a few months that I can really sit down and uh, and and really tap in that. It's not a really terrible answer to say that I can't. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully next time that I'm on, I will. Um, so brilliant. And Ian, uh, where can people stay connected with your social media and website? Was yeah, social media. The the website launch will be. I launched that on on my Instagram. So Instagram is ifitni. Um, if you look that, or it's Ian Young Fitness Facebook, Facebook page, the things stay in contact there. And uh, yeah, if anybody's any any questions, and if I can help anybody, then I would love to. Brilliant. Well, listen, I just want to say a huge thank you for jumping on, and it's been a, a great to hear your journey. No problem. I appreciate appreciate your time having me on.